the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report. Today, this is the show where we bring you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stallnecker here with Chad Robichaux and glad to be with you today. Thank you for joining us uh, wherever it is you happen to be joining from. Always great to have you with us. Uh, we are living through a crazy time. I feel like I say that every time we come to it's a new part show. Of the, it's part of the intro. It's part of the intro now. Yeah. It's just crazy. <laughs> and, uh, we're navigating an uncertain culture. It's the 2021 intro. Uh, man, it's nuts. Uh, but one of the things I think we all learned this last year, we, we, we kind of knew it happened, mm -hmm. but maybe didn't see it as front and center as it was, is this idea of judicial activism. It's yeah. judges, federal judges, uh, really legislating from the bench. If there was something that the president did that they didn't like, mm. they just deemed it yeah. unconstitutional and illegal and uh, really changed law and instituted law mm. from the bench. And yeah. it, it continues to happen, um, but for most of us who aren't involved in the legal system, it's extremely confusing as well as overwhelming. Yeah, legislating from the bench is uh, not, not only uh, a dangerous thing, but it's uh, something that was never intended to be done that way. Right. And, uh, you know, and this isn't a... While the legisl while the judges should not be partisan, uh, you and I in this conversation, this is not a partisan that's right. Uh, yep, that's right. discussion. Like they, they did it to President Trump. Uh, federal judges legislated from the branch bench to stop President Trump and his yep. administration from doing things from the executive branch. Uh, and while I didn't agree with that, I wouldn't agree with it being done now. Sure. If uh, if if we were doing it to Joe Biden from the benches, that's not the judge's response. Right. Federal judge's responsibility. And. You know, in spite of that, we know that it happens. There are several prominent law suits um, in play right now, yeah. and it will come down to judges making decisions and really, in, in a sense, deciding whether or not they want to follow what the Constitution says right. or reinterpret the Constitution. Yeah. Um, and the separation of powers exists so that we don't have conversations like this, but here we are. And uh, thankfully, we have a, an incredible guest on with us today who's going to help shed some light on this issue. Rogan O'Hanley is with us. His name is Rogan O'Hanley. You may know him better as DC Drano. Yes. Or just DC for short. So we just call you DC around here uh, sometimes. When we're passing your uh, social media content back and forth, it's look what DC pushed out today. So I <laughs> appreciate you being with us, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, for those that don't know uh, DC Drano or Rogan, he is an attorney, a civil rights activist, and a citizen journalist. And uh, man, has really carried the banner uh, in a pretty significant way over the last uh, last year and a half or so, and uh, appreciate it. Uh, Rogan, before we get into our topic, we're going to jump into uh, activism in the courts. But before we do, can you, for those that aren't familiar with you, give us a little bit of your background, where you came from, uh, what motivated you to jump into political activism, and then with all of that, uh, what you're currently involved in with the state of California and social media and some of those things. Yeah, so I was a Hollywood entertainment lawyer. Uh, did that for uh, six years total between corporate and entertainment law. I specialized in film finance. I was living in LA, living what I thought was the dream. I've always been, you know, right leaning, but never was really that 
outspoken about it. And in, you know, between 2011 to 2017, I just noticed things getting worse and worse in California. And eventually Trump's uh, election in 2016 just sent it all off a cliff. And, you know, I had to be very quiet and I just was very confused because I was like, this guy's the president of the United States and everyone is still going apoplectic over, uh, you know, if you showed any support on social media or whatever. So I created an outlet. I needed an outlet to defend this guy. I thought he was a very good guy doing the right thing. And I started an account on Instagram called DC Drano. Um, after a while of kind of living a double life between being a Hollywood entertainment lawyer and then an anonymous patriot memer, uh, you know, I kind of hit a crossroads. I think I had like 80,000 followers and I said, I can't do both. I have to pick one because the two are going to hit each other at some point. I'll just get fired one day once they find out about it. So packed up my things, moved to Florida, left the communist state of California and uh, have been fighting for freedom uh, digitally and, you know, just kind of being a public advocate for the forgotten Americans of this country um, for, for a few years now. And, uh, you know, now I've got a few million followers and, and uh, you know, just fighting every day to spread the truth and, and remind people of what their rights are. Can you talk yeah. about your current lawsuit a little bit? That's, uh, you know, something you're really focused on right now that will have far-reaching, uh, far-reaching impact. Uh, President Trump also is involved in lawsuits over social media, and uh, you are as well. Can you talk about that a little bit and give us some context? Yeah, so um, I'm primarily on Instagram, but I started to get a lot uh, better at Twitter. Each social media is kind of different in terms of what they like, what they prioritize. And so, um, you know, I was creeping up to almost half a million followers on Twitter uh, late last year, especially after the BLM riots and the elections that, you know, there just weren't a lot of very strong voices, especially on the right. A lot of people were, were cowering in fear. And I just said, Hey, this is ridiculous. But um, <clears throat> I ultimately was banned in February, which, you know, president Trump was banned, James O'Keefe, you know, uh, so many people, uh, Sidney Powell, general Flynn, pretty much anyone in the true Trump orbit was, was banned. And uh, they cited it being because of my tweets about election integrity, okay? So, uh, you know, Mayor de Blasio recently in the New York mayor uh, primary race, there was a lot of fraud. 135,000 test votes were accidentally included in the count. And he said, hey, we got to look into this. For That's the same thing I called for. I said, these 2020 elections, we got half the country that doesn't believe this stuff. Let's look into it. Let's investigate let's do audits which now we're seeing the audits are being done at the time twitter said oh this could cause a risk of violence and so i was ultimately banned but get this this is the kicker judicial watch had been uh investigating the state of california's election misinformation reporting system which they were openly proud of in articles and it turns out i was on a list via the state of california of people that they sent to twitter that they wanted censored Okay, that is communist Cuba, that is Soviet Russia type censorship. You know, the biggest issue has been, oh, they're private companies, they can do what they want. This was the government telling a private company to censor a licensed attorney in the state of California to be kicked off that platform. And I ultimately was, we have the receipts. I've got some of the best lawyers in the country that represent James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, their name is Harmeet Dillon and Ron Coleman. 
We're going after them. I think this is the case that's actually going to change Supreme Court precedent. Yeah. So, you know, how's that? I mean, obviously you're one case. How's that help? Like people like me and Jeremy and uh, people who have smaller platforms and want to be able to get out there and say, you know, speak what they believe to be true. Every American voice deserves the protection of our First Amendment. Left, middle, right, big, small, doesn't matter. That is what this country is founded upon, freedom of speech, the marketplace of ideas. If someone has a bad idea that someone might consider hate speech, misinformation, you counter it with better ideas. You don't censor it, right? That's the fundamental building block of this country. Um, So what this case does is it exposes the alliance, censorship alliance between big tech and, and government. I mean, mostly Democrat government, but you know, we'll see who else was involved in this. Um, and, and so this is the type of case, you know, Supreme Court Justice Thomas in a recent concurring opinion, which does not you know, uh, set precedent for, for legal doctrine said, you know, this case, it was another social media case, is not the one we're taking up, but we do wanna look at this deplatforming thing. We do wanna look at uh, you know, the modern public square and how it relates to social media, which you know, in, a, in an era of lockdowns, that is the public square. We were not allowed to go outside. So thus, social media is the public square. So I am hoping that this case will give the Supreme Court reason to intervene because it has government action, right? This isn't just private companies. And it makes Twitter a joint state actor under the Civil Rights Act, right? So if a cop went and arrested you in a field for holding a sign, a public park saying, I hate that cop, Everyone in their right mind would say that's infringing on your freedom of speech. You're allowed to say you hate that cop. Now, if a cop says to a security guard, hey, go take that guy down, what's the difference? Nothing. It's the state doing it no matter what. So whether they do it directly or through an agent, that's what happens. So I'm hoping the Supreme Court looks at this case and finally says, you know what? There are First Amendment protections on social media. They have the opportunity to do this. Unfortunately, it's going to take about a year and a half, two years to get there, though. Right. Well, I'm glad you're doing it. Hey, so to our topic, uh, when President Trump came in office, anybody with you know, anybody with the right mind would would agree that he was he faced so much opposition, so much obstruction, and one of the places he, he faced obstruction from were federal judges across the nation attempting to really prevent him and his administration from accomplishing things. What what was legally permissible about federal judges judges intervening? that way, particularly if they were misusing their power uh, for political gain. I believe, and I I don't have the exact statistics, but I believe under the Obama era, there was only a handful of cases, uh, sorry, new laws that a federal judge granted a nationwide injunction. I think it was like three to five, maybe seven out of all the laws and executive orders passed. Even DACA was allowed to go through, which is crazy since it was a unilateral executive decision, not a legislative act dictating our immigration policy. But (laughs) under Trump, there was over like 40 to 45 nationwide injunctions on his executive orders, on his laws. And, you know, a lot of them came from the Ninth Circuit, the West Coast, California, Hawaii, Oregon. They, you know, that's a very left-leaning jurisdiction in the federal court system. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, we're all very familiar with it. It is the most overturned Court of Appeals circuit in the entire judiciary. So they knew that they had friendly judges and all they were trying to do 
is just gunk up the gears of government, right? They said, let's just, you know, uh, delay as much of this as we can, suck it up for four years, and then hopefully uh, kick them out, which they did in a very, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, skeptical election. And um, That's a nice and, word, and, skeptical. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know the exact viewership on this podcast, but uh, we'll go with skeptical. And um, so it, it was it was lawfare, right? Democrats play to win. You, you, you got to give them that. They play, you know, bare knuckle. Uh, we're going to win at all costs. Lie, cheat, and steal. Republicans have traditionally been polite losers. Mitt Romney, John McCain, Paul Ryan, oh, let's just keep it civil. We'll lose with dignity. Trump went, hell no, we're going in there. We're boxers too. But unfortunately, what Trump realized, what we all realize is that there's so much corruption in our government, in DC, in our, in our judiciary, which he thankfully replaced hundreds of judges. Um, but also in the corporations, in the Republican Party. So he really exposed it all, and now we're fighting through it. Another great conversation. But before we continue, I wanted to introduce you to one of our sponsors. Great to have them on board with us. This is the MuttVet family. MuttVet, they are the very first crypto token for veterans by veterans. Uh, Mutt, M-U-T-T, that is the Marines United. Twofold token, if you're not familiar with Twofold, it's Tufelhunden, that is the devil dogs. It goes all the way back to World War I. Marines understand that if you're a Marine listening, you get it. And this is a token for veterans by veterans. If you've not yet looked at blockchain technology and cryptocurrency, you need to. If you listen to this show, we've had conversations about this in the past. This is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, nor would I encourage you to do something just because I tell you to. <laughs> but if you haven't looked at it, uh, certainly this is a conversation taking place globally and you need to take a look. And this is a good place to focus. If you are interested, uh, I would certainly encourage you to go and check out MuttVet. For those that own this and participate, the MuttVet family may occasionally reward its holders with airdrops, new holder referral bonuses, as well as donation incentives. Uh, there are so many places that you can get involved in cryptocurrency, and I would encourage you to take a look at MuttVet, www.muttvet.com. Yeah, well, while we certainly wouldn't recommend this, why are conservative judges not responding to the Biden administration in the same way? Uh, maybe it's they have a better sense of political activism and what they're there to do. I don't know what the answer is, but why are they not responding the same way as left-leaning judges? And what other than the Supreme Court, can we do to provide oversight of judges who are acting politically instead of in the best interest of, of the Constitution and the law? Well, the good news is we have the ultimate failsafe of a 6-3 Supreme Court, which frankly, is it's not even really 6-3, it's kind of 5-4. Uh, when you look at Roberts is not as, uh, you know, conservative leaning as we thought. And, you know, the, the issue, so short answer is we don't necessarily want conservative judges to do what left-wing judges did that that was an abdication of duty that was a stain on their legacies um and and a stain on the legal profession because you know there's really two giant schools of thought in in uh you know jur legal jurisprudence uh the first is you're considered an originalist right the the constitution is dead as they say what is written is what is to be done you don't like it change it right? Uh, through legislative action, we have a process to amend the Constitution. It's intentionally a very slow, difficult process. 
the founders did that on purpose. But then you also have, uh, you know, the, the idea that the Constitution is a living, breathing document, and we must constantly be updating it with the times. No. Uh, you know, no one in their right mind thinks that when they said you have a right to First Amendment free speech, that only meant, you know, using a feather pen and quill, uh, you know, and ink. That clearly applies to computers, to, you know, magazines, newspapers, all things that came out uh, over time. So same thing with guns, right? You know, you had uh, equal kind of uh, firepower against the government. You're allowed to own cannons. You're allowed to own whatever. Um, but these judges think that they're smarter than the founding fathers. They think they're more righteous. They think they know better. And so they, quote, legislate from the bench. We don't like that. That's not what the, you know, court is for. Because when it comes down to it, the court does not have a standing army. Their rulings are only as legitimate as the public deems them to be nonpartisan, you know, legal rulings. So those leftist judges, what they did was an assault on our democracy, on the legal profession. And yeah, I, I, I honestly don't want conservative judges doing that. I want us to maintain that moral high ground, denigrate those that, that you know, work outside those lines and hopefully fix it in the long term. That's good. Who provides oversight? Who makes, who makes sure that's what happens instead of what has happened? Well, I mean, we have the appeal system, right? You don't like the ruling, you can petition a higher court. Uh, typically, they're a bit more removed from the emotional upheaval of a decision. They're a bit more removed from the political dynamics. Um, and, and so, you know, again, like I said, we ultimately have the failsafe of the Supreme Court. And, and the ultimate failsafe in all of this is the American people. Sure. Okay. Yep. If, if things get absolutely irreparable, we have the American people to hopefully, uh, you know, you, you awaken the lion, you awaken the sleeping giant, and the American people, uh, you know, once moving, are really, really tough to stop. Yeah. That's good. Well, uh, President Trump appointed, you know, one of the things a lot of us were happy about is he appointed hundreds of judges uh, during his administration. What, what impact have those judges made? during his administration, some significant milestones, and, and what are they doing now? Well, per President Trump, uh, the only president that appointed more federal judges to the judicial system was George Washington himself, because he was starting <laughs> with a complete blank slate. Um, so it is a very interesting comparison, but, it, but it's true. So I, I personally have noticed a uh, more balanced judiciary in terms of the rulings we're seeing uh, I'm seeing it at the Supreme Court level, surprisingly. You know, a lot of uh, right-leaning people are very upset that the Supreme Court did not get involved in the election. But what you have to understand is, you know, two of those justices, Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, were, um, you know, confirmed by the Senate under very intense polarizing circumstances. And the last thing the court wants to do is prove people right that this is just a conservative court, right? They, they have to have this semblance of you know, like, like there's been a lot of nine zero eight one decisions. That's good, right? That's intentional. Um, to and, and then as things fade and calm down, you'll start to see uh, a few more kind of uh, heart, you know, more right leaning decisions that you would have expected, right? We haven't had a gun ruling in I think since two thousand eight, um, maybe two thousand ten, uh, and, and so we're we're there's another there's a great case coming out of New York that we can expect hopefully. Uh, you know, instead of may issue concealed carry, it's shall issue concealed carry. A lot of states are now passing constitutional carry. Um, so, you know, 
Trump's legacy will be a long-lasting one. Having this Supreme Court, um, you know, it, it, it protects a more originalist line of judicial thinking for literally two to three decades. I mean, that's how these guys are on there for a long time. And so you'd have to flip three seats to, to re-swing it back to the left. So, I mean, that's, that's very unlikely in the near future. Wow, yeah. When we talk about the courts, um, you know, people understand there's a problem. I think, you know, all of us who are just paying attention, even on the outside, understand there are some things that uh, are not right. And this is the question we always kind of come to, the point we always come to is, what can normal people do about that? Normal people who maybe don't have the platform that you have, don't have the voice or the opportunity that you have, but, but definitely don't want to see us continue to drift the way that we have. What can normal American citizens, short of you know, standing in the street with guns, what can we do to get back to a court system that understands the Constitution as it was written, that begins to legislate, or not legislate from the bench, but uphold legislation that is legal and constitutional? And you know, all the things we would like to see, what can normal people do to, to make sure that that happens? Uh, I believe that there's two things that people can do. The first is you know, if you see something, say something and, and do something. Uh, you know, I filed recently filed a lawsuit against, you know, Twitter, the state of California, a sitting U.S. Senator who was the Secretary of State in California, Alex Padilla. Um, it, it was a bit of a nerve wracking thing, you know, in the two days prior up to the filing, they're like, are you ready to go? You know, you're probably going to be on Tucker Carlson. We're going to talk about this. And it's, you know, it's O'Hanley versus all these other entities, these very deep pocketed, well-funded entities. But I thought to myself, you know, it, it just kind of reminded me of like, and this is a bit extreme, but you know, remember those videos like ISIS with the uh, hostages in the desert and they had them on their knees and they're just like, get ready to die. And the guy just sat there and was like, all right, you know, I'm like, I'm not, I would never be that guy. I would be the guy that's going to turn around and bite you and kick you and, and right, fight yeah. you. And if you're going to kill me anyway, I'm at least going to go down swinging. So, you know, that's just my mentality. And with the, with the courts, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm kicking a hornet's nest, but guess what? They took down my Twitter. The fight is on. They started the fight. I might as well throw some punches before they take me out. So the first thing I would say is do not be afraid to stand up for your rights in whatever way you can. And that may be a lawsuit. That may be a protest. That may be, you know, a bad Yelp review. I mean, whatever it is. And the second thing is I would say get involved locally. Um, and, and, and there's two ways to that. One is just getting involved in local groups. I think county level kind of patriot groups are really springing up all over the country. We have them a lot in Florida. And, you know, it's kind of a, a citizen constitutional support group. If your kid is being exposed to awful teachings, you know, critical race theory, Marxist teaching in schools, you've got support. If a company kicks you out for wearing a MAGA hat, you've got support. You know, we're no longer alone in this because a lot of people have realized there's no one coming to save us except us. Um, and, the, and, and the second part of that is to get involved in local elections, right? I don't have kids yet. And uh, I was at my local school board meeting protesting, tell them take the masks off the kids. They're defenseless. They don't have a voice. You know, I can yell and kick and stomp my feet to fight this mask up. These kids can't. And, and, and they don't, and, and the masks were so wrong. It's medically harmful now that we're seeing anyone with common sense do that. But I was at the school board meetings with hundreds of other parents who were protesting. Guess what? The mandates got dropped. And now what's the next step? People are gonna be running for school board seats, for county commissioner seats, 
for mayor. That's how we win this. You know, the courts are a failsafe. What we want to do is be proactive in the actual legislation making process. And most of your political control is local, right? Federal, yeah, it's big, but it's mostly local. Anyone can get involved locally. Yeah. yeah, we've been saying that you know for last you know since last election is everyone's so focused on presidential elections, but you know we need to be also focused in our communities and local local positions like school board, you know like the school board and things so like this. So important. Yeah, yeah. I, I live in California and I have long made fun of city council members. Like, why in the world would anyone ever want to be on a city council? Why does anyone care about you know your lawn and the street and the sidewalk? Well, now I understand why those uh, yeah. the local politicians are so important. And thankfully, in the community I live in, we've got good conservative politicians, but that's not the case everywhere. So, yeah, get involved locally. Uh, man, we can talk a lot more about this. Rogan, where can people follow you and uh, follow this case is so important. Where can people keep in touch with what you're doing? Yeah, so I'm being represented by, it's called the Center for American Liberty. And, um, you know, they actually did some great work. Harmeet is based in uh, California, and she did some great work helping to reopen your churches uh, you know, by getting injunctions against some of these Newsom orders, she was successful. This stuff goes all the way to the Supreme Court, um, and 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 Ron Coleman. So, Center for American Liberty. You can look up my case. Uh, there's a nice synopsis. It's got all the videos of news interviews, things like that. But for to follow me personally, which I'll also be reporting on the case. My accounts are DC Drano, DC underscore Drano, which stands for Draining the DC Swamp. Uh, you know, my biggest thing is fighting corruption on both sides of the government. And, uh, you know, I'm on every platform except Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get it fixed. Yeah, we'll get it fixed. <laughs> DC Drano, thank you so much for being with us, yeah. man. Really, really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thank you, boys. Keep doing what you're doing. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is mightyoaksprograms.org. Another incredible conversation. Uh, what a, an incredible guest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's amazing. He's uh, very, very, very smart. Uh, not, not only funny memes, but just a lot behind it. I mean, right. he's a great attorney and a very intelligent guy. Yeah, if you want to be entertained and informed at the same time, <laughs> you need to go follow uh, DC Drano's Instagram account. Yeah. Um, uh, pretty interesting and, uh, again, entertaining. Uh, but so much was said there, and to our topic, there are a few things I want to point out. So today's situation report is this. Number one, uh, judicial activism exists, and yet we don't want it to exist. This was something that we talked about. 
uh, with Rogan. Uh, it has happened. Why is it not happening now? Why aren't conservative judges legislating against a liberal president? Uh, because well, they shouldn't. We don't want that to happen. That's not the that's not the purpose of the judges. And uh, so it does happen, but we don't want it to. So what do we do about it? Number one, get involved. <laughs> we need to get involved. We should not stand aside while these things are happening. Uh, however that impacts us, wherever it touches us, we need to respond to that and say we're not going to accept it. And then the second part of that, it's great. And we, uh, Chad and I have been saying this for a long time. We need to get involved, but we need to get involved locally. People always ask, how do I get involved in this? This is happening in D.C. or this is happening, uh, you know, wherever our state uh, is legislating from. Um, well, you can do it locally. Get involved in your school boards. Get involved in your local politics and uh, make sure that it begins there. It will spread from there and we'll get control back of our, uh, our courts. That's exactly what we need to do. We need to be involved. It seems like every situation report kind of comes down to the same thing. <laughs> Stand up, use your voice, and get involved. Uh, so a lot of other things were said there. I hope you'll follow DC Drano, Rogan O'Hanley, on his Instagram and other social media. Uh, some great content there. But again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.